1: All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night, November 30th. You heard me right. November 30th. November is officially come to a close. My God, this year is just burnt right past us. We're heading right into Christmas season. I hope everybody had an awesome and thanks uh, safe Thanksgiving. Uh, I, this is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard. My name is DJ. I'm going to go around the room and introduce this cast of characters we've got on here tonight, starting with a man hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window, my friend Jason. How are you, sir?
2: I am wonderful, my friends. It is just another day, glorious day in this, the reign of our tribal chief.
1: And I probably, uh, I think I'm going to add a little bit more here as we go through the holidays. Mm -hmm. Retail worker, because I think that deserves some 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 uh, some acknowledgement. Thank you, sir. Retail worker, Jason. (laughs) Don't treat your (laughs) retail workers like shit this holiday season, folks. That's
2: right. Don't treat them like
1: shit. (laughs) And last but never, ever, ever least, the minister of truth. The father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and the man with the golden shovel from the Rob the Genius Podcast. Mr. Rob, sir, thank you for coming on again tonight.
3: Thank you. And speaking of shoot bears, we must celebrate the announcement, the trailer for Cocaine Bear.
2: My God, that looks like a fever dream. (laughs) I I can't believe that's actually real, but in the year 2022, I actually kind of can.
1: Honest to God, I thought it was a rib when you guys first what was it like six months ago or something like that. We were joking about they made an announcement um, and it, looking at the trailer, it would not surprise me if it only took them six months to conceive film and, you know, post post produce that, that. thing.
3: <laughs> now, it's inspired by true events, which means um. that probably like 95 percent of the movie is stuff that they made up.
2: <laughs> right a bear got into cocaine it attacked one person and that was the end of it it's and now suddenly it, it's a bear on the head.
1: loose terrorizing a town right exactly oh, doing yeah. li- and
2: doing lines every 15 minutes apparently <laughs> yeah that's
1: that's that's worth the price of peacock alone i hope that Absolutely. ends up on peacock before the end of next i don't know february so <laughs> i guess it's <laughs> worth the price just to see cocaine bear Anyway, like you said, we have just come out of Thanksgiving, which means we have just come out of the annual Thanksgiving tradition. WWE presents Survivor Series this year. War Games nowhere near as good as Alicia Taylor or William Regal. Sorry, that's the best I got, folks. That was, that was but uh, we did the pre-show last week. We're gonna kind of we're not gonna go down the whole card. I just want to talk about the show in general here. Maybe pick apart a few things. Um, I got to be honest, this was. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but I don't think it was a top five pay-per-view for a premium live event, Deej. Premium live event. I got used to saying that. Uh, I don't think it was a top five for me, guys. Uh, Jason, just like I said, not the card itself, but just in general, you you were there live. This is why I'm starting with you. What did you think about the overall show? And then we'll get into more of your live experience in a few minutes.
2: The overall show felt like a very very good pay-per-view for wwe standards now i've been to a wrestlemania i've been to a uh, royal rumble obviously e- even in the the big four though survivor series nowadays is definitely number four of the big four um and hopefully they're trying to resurrect trying to you know mix them up a little bit but in any case it and I know people were going on about the crowd and I will be the first person to tell you that was a, for Boston. I'm usually pretty like, yeah, Boston, we had a good crowd. Did that come through on TV? Did that sound good? Cause it sounded great. I'll tell you, it was a C plus for Boston. We were, they were just not into most of it. Everyone got up for the stuff you're supposed to obviously war games and the big spots and you know, things like that. But for, yeah, for, it was a tepid crowd for Boston. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, that wouldn't discourage me from coming back or anything like that, because otherwise they, we have a pretty sterling record when it comes to. Um, did a what?
4: We did
2: time about how the match. Went. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. We uh, we were in an interesting section. That's what I'll leave it at. Um, but yeah, overall, it was it, no. It definitely didn't feel like the Rumble, or it didn't feel like um, WrestleMania. But probably at least during the War Games matches, it was one step below that and then everything else it was just a very 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 good smackdown or raw or a b pay-per-view okay rob
1: your general thoughts on the show before we actually start you know picking apart certain things um
3: good but not great i i don't think they've really had a bad premium live event this year um there's there's i'd say for this year's premium live events if i had to grade them in general it would be will i watch this again or won't i watch this again um and i think this one is kind of borderline because yeah i mean it's it's yeah this one's kind of borderline and and leaning towards no probably um and it just you know again good but not great it wasn't bad by any stretch except for in a few places i would not call it bad at all um but am i going to be in a hurry to go back and watch this one again probably not
2: it was bad in one <laughs> spot i'll tell you
3: oh yeah, we're going to get there
2: but it was bad and i i
3: you know
1: I'm just yeah, saying. we're going to get to that in a few minutes um in general i thought it was fine um there were a couple things that you know looking at my timeline some people didn't like certain aspects of it uh, a lot of people really felt like the the women's War Games match kind of let us down, and I know that Rob, you had some thoughts on that. There were things about it that I didn't care for, and I think Rob and I are on the same page here. I try not to be that get off my lawn guy, that uh, that OG wrestling fan who thinks back to the original War Games matches, and I understand that in 2022 things are going to be a little bit different. You're not going to have the bloodletting that you had back in the you know late '80s, early '90s. But all the time that they spot spotting the match were Mia Yim, Mishin, came into the – she came out of the, the, the Shark Tank and got ready to get in there, and she took forever grabbing weapons and throwing them in the cage. Meanwhile, the opposing team, Dakota Kai, and I forget who the other one was in the ring, is basically standing there watching her throw things into the ring to come in and beat their ass. I'm like, no – Go over there, grab her, drag her in the ring, and beat her ass. Now, I realize that's not what the spot was supposed to be. But this is one of those things that I, you know, wring my hands about is people taking too long to do things. And as much as I absolutely love meeting him, I'm excited as hell for her to get a second chance in WWE on the main roster. I really thought that whole spot, whoever came up with it, made her look like crap. Like, and it really took me out of the match. Now, that being said, there was some really good stuff in there. The first five minutes where there was almost straight wrestling between Dakota Kai and Bianca Belair, absolutely phenomenal. And it makes me want to see them have 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes of an actual just straight-up wrestling match because I think it would be really good. Like, the first five minutes, I was like, okay, because – I was a day behind. I was out of town through Saturday. We came home on Sunday. So I was already a day behind. So I already caught some chatter. And some of the chatter was, oh, the women's match wasn't great. The women's match was this. The women's match was meh. And I'm watching the first five minutes. And I'm like, what the heck? Because this is really good. And then, you know, I started to see where certain areas that fell apart. Some people were breathing a little heavier than others about certain things. I'm not even going to name names. I'm going to get into it. It's not important. But... The other big thing that I really, really enjoyed was watching two of the biggest stars in the industry today in Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair basically have a Superman-Batman team up and whip ass. And to me, I popped for that. I thought it was great. So, you know, for me, I the women's match wasn't terrible. Um, Rob, I know you've got some thoughts on this. Why don't you jump in here for me?
3: <clears throat> okay. Um, so, I'm with you on the first five minutes. Uh I thought that was excellent. I thought look Dakota Kai for my money was the star of that match because she was just getting taking all types of crazy bumps and getting thrown up against the cage and all of that type of stuff. And like you, when <clears throat> I when Mia came out there, she spent half of the three minutes getting pulling stuff from under the ring. And while EO and Dakota had a two on one advantage on Bianca, then af then next was Nikki Cross, who instead of coming in for a three on two advantage, spent half of her time pulling out, you know, to quote Jim Cornette, pulling out furniture. Right? Um, as he likes to say. <laughs> um You know, because there were trash can lids and ladders. And then I think she might have pulled the table out and all of this stuff. And at that point, I'm like, okay, here we go. Because. For me, and look, if you're old like us and you watch the old Jim Crockett War Games matches, they didn't. You know, maybe one weapon got brought into the cage like Paul Ellering brought one of the road warriors spike wristbands into the cage. Right. And it was a big deal because he used it on JJ Dillon. And then there been a couple of other times where somebody brought one weapon into the cage and it was a big deal. Right. They brought this, they somehow brought this weapon into the cage. And, but now, and this goes back to the NXT war games. Now people, they bring 10 chairs, And they bring trash can lids and they bring tables and they bring kendo sticks and the people in the cage, like you say, they stand there and watch while they throw this stuff in the ring. They stand there and watch while they slide a table through the door. And, you know, and one person picking up a table and and doing all that takes a long ass time. All right. And they stand there and watch while all this goes on. And meanwhile, you know, what should be a two on one advantage, what should be rescuing your partner from a two on one disadvantage, which should be a three on two, you know, a chance for a three on two disadvantage gets completely just wasted because they're spending all this time throwing this stuff in the ring. And the and here's my my bigger point is that there was really great stuff going on that didn't it require any of that. It didn't involve any of that. Okay, D- those Bianca was slamming the hell out of Dakota into the cage wall. Okay, without De- using Dakota any of those was things. was incredible. Without without using there, any of those things. There's literally
2: there's literally that picture going around of. Dakota with her back up against the wall the wall of the cage and her thigh and her feet are pointed to the sky and her head are pointed to the sky and her feet are on the ropes. Like, she is yeah. folded in half. Yeah. She, she, yeah. Dakota Kai was just, in my
1: eyes, I already liked her. I was already a fan. In my eyes, Dakota Kai elevated herself Saturday night.
2: All right. So, yes. quick pop, uh, quick plug since we're talking about her, and I was going to mention this anyway – Rob, you're right. She was absolutely positively the the MVP of that match. Um, she didn't have the biggest spots or anything like that, but she kept that thing going and had the, you know, when things started to lose momentum, she'd do something big or something like that. And also, while we're talking about that, because it spins off of her, a lot of this is on production. A lot of this is on the truck. A lot of this is on yeah. the guys who set up the ring. A lot of this is not on those boys and girls. Um, because sure. Set up the – if you want to have this arsenal of weapons, I promise, if you put them on a little dolly or something that we can't see under the ring and they can just pull it out, grab the stack, and toss them in or something like that, no one, I promise, no one will care. It will make the, the whole experience faster. Yes, Rob, is. Uh, you guys are right. It shouldn't get to this point where we're just tossing trash can lids and all sorts of stuff in the ring right for the first person. But, okay, we're here now, so at least make it easier on the folks. And then, again, with Dakota and production, you guys missed one of her best spots in the movie. In the, oh, movie. the double, the the double, double stomp? The double stomp! She's oh, got well, she... what's her name suspended between the rings, and she's on the two turnbuckles, and she jumps right when the camera pans to, like, whoever's coming out of the cage, the shirt yeah. cage. So oh, you can yeah. barely see her on the top of your screen just crash through. Forgive me, I forget who it was, but just absolutely bulldozed that girl. And you guys barely saw it at home. Meanwhile, us in the arena were all like, ah <laughs> How was, was the crowd tough. reaction for that match, Jason? The they reacted to the
4: high spots.
2: It was hard okay. to get them going, and I think it was it was because of the 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 slow Mia just shot him in the foot because she was the first one in, right? Well, she, she was the... Oh, she, second. <clears throat> she yeah. she was technically the third, uh, fourth
1: woman. Who, Mia? Okay, so, so yeah. So Mia she, Yim was the fourth one out because it was a two-on-one she, with EO and uh, Dakota one-one. on yeah. Bianca. So Mia one-one. Yim was your, fourth,
2: was your fourth woman out. She was pulling those weapons out and, like, struggling to get trash can lids out from underneath and just sliding the whatever's in and all this stuff. And, you know, I'm... Mia's not that... And she's strong, and she can beat the shit out of me, obviously. But, I mean, you're, you're having this poor girl drag all this shit from underneath, and you just took all the air out of the, the building. Yeah. It, it almost, at almost that point, they had to start over with the build.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of felt... it, And that actually kind of came through on TV on my end. You could just feel the whole crowd like deflate. Because yep.
3: my, my philosophy on the weapons is that if you can't carry it with you when you're walking through the door... Then Get it. yes, because and look, you do not. I know. Look, you do not need tables in there. I'm sorry. I will die on the hill. You can tell me it's 2022 and all you want. <laughs> you do not need no damn tables in a war games match. Part- OK, you don't. I'm sorry. You just
1: don't. I would and, argue you don't need any weapons at all. You're in a weapon. Yes, like, and the look, cage is a weapon. And no, okay. the one, the one
3: weapon that actually I thought was good, the one thing that was good and that made sense to sneak into the cage was when Nikki Cross pulled out the handcuffs. Yes, yeah. because you can sneak those into the cage. You can, you know, you can have them in your tucked down in your trunks or whatever, or, or since all the ladies have on, they got on
1: vests or jackets or some type. Right, right. You could, some some of those girls. are want a whole lot of room to hide any handcuffs, blah blah. No, but, <laughs> but, it, it's but there
2: because the whole no. point is no old bard war games, blah 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 blah. So why do they have to sneak anything in there?
3: Well, well, because the, the idea is that you're not supposed to bring any. Well, at least well, theoretically,
2: Arn, the Arn Anderson could walk in there with the Glock and nobody could say blow, boo to him.
3: Well, I guess the point. Well, right. Well, it's just in the old matches you didn't bringing something in represented some type of escalation that was yeah. not planned.
1: Right, some un- unplanned okay.
3: escalation is what bringing a weapon in there meant. So when yeah. Paul Ellering, I, you know, Paul I, Ellering came in there wearing one of the road warriors, you know, things, right? And he, he, and he had it for a reason because he was Paul Ellering the manager and he couldn't, he couldn't square up with, you know, R Anderson, you know, and survive. So he had to, <laughs> you know, he needed to bring something in there with him right and but and so no and something like nikki bringing in the handcuffs and if they had handcuffed somebody to the ropes and beat the shit out of them that would have made for a good thing right um but all of this other stuff because it's it's so extra and again it take you waste all that time throwing it in there and then you know there's and <clears throat> Again, and, and or even if you bring one chair, right, if you're going, if you're running, if you run out there and then, you know, and there's a, you know, there's a chair at ringside that somebody's sitting in and you, and you pause for a minute and grab it and make them get up and then slide it in there with you. Okay, that's believable. That makes, you know, okay, that's fine.
2: But, what I want to say is if you're going to bring a chair all the way into the shark cage with you, why don't you bring it to the ring with you? Oh, well, that, yeah, well. you got to ask your boy Roman that. Yeah, I know. But, right? um, <laughs> I, I was half expecting him to bring that in, and who and who's going to stop them? Right. Um, <laughs> but if if you if you can't, because remember, this is supposed to be a fight.
3: It's supposed to be blood feud. If you watch the old war games matches, right, those guys when it was their turn to get in the cage, they ran into the cage, and they ran in there and they immediately jumped on the action, because these are supposed to be people who were beefing with each other. Yeah. Right. They're, they're not you know, just having a
2: they're not just having life. a
3: match in the cage, right?
2: <laughs> That's what you do in real life, like your yeah.
3: friend's
2: uh, two to one disadvantage. Like, yeah, maybe I'll stop and grab a hammer real fast if I see one or something, but I'm just gonna run in and you know do my best, man. Now I'm I'm gonna be honest with you guys. If you guys are hanging out at my house and somebody comes to my house
1: to attack us, you guys gotta wait a minute. I gotta go in the garage for a minute. Yeah. I got some right. stuff up in there somewhere. But I'm pretty sure I got like a <clears throat> jack. And uh, let me grab my toolbox while I'm in there because there might be something in there I need. And I got a picnic table that I can bring back with me. So just give me a couple minutes, guys. Hang in there.
3: Yeah, and, <laughs> right. and again, that's on. The, and again, that's not on the ladies. That's on the people, or the men in the men's match. That's on whoever lays these things out. And so, to me, you don't need all of that stuff. Or yeah. like, for example, in the men's match, if the, if the, if Sheamus and the boys, if they had brought the shillelaghs in there with them, right. That would have made sense.
1: Yeah.
2: If Roman picked up the chair that he was sitting yeah. on for the whole 30 friggin' minutes, slammed it shut, put it in one hand, and just walked to the ring? Yes, that makes perfect sense, and yeah. please
3: keep going. And since, especially since he came in last, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that would have made sense,
2: that's right? The, that's the super escalation.
3: Right, but, I mean, when, again, you're a third of the way through the match, you're halfway through the match, and you got people... Waste, you know, spending two and three minutes going under the ring. And then also, I mean, the fact that it's under the ring, right? If, okay, if we're going to say, okay, these things are part of the match, then like you said, either have them, just put them in a damn cage to start with. Right. If it's understood that, okay, we got, you know, you're going to, you can use Kindle sticks and chairs. If it's understood that these, okay, these things are just part of the match, then just put them in the cage. When you put them under, because, it's supposed to be represent escalation, <clears throat> but then it's also supposed to be, wait a minute, why are they bringing that in there? Right. Well, then you kind of lose that if, there, if you have all these things conveniently under the ring, <laughs> right? And <laughs> it, it makes no sense why you would have a bunch of metal trash cans under the ring. <laughs> why would you have, I mean, because you don't normally have metal trash cans under the ring. You don't normally have a no, pilot. No
2: no, 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 Back up. It, it, it's, it's been long enough established, at least in the WWE universe. And, again, Rob, we live. Please come back to my side of the aisle a little bit. We live in Mortal Kombat land. Yes, it makes perfect sense that there's sledgehammers and chairs and stupid stuff under the ring. I that, You, you, you a-
1: never know when somebody may want to toss a championship title into the trash.
2: So, you need to have a trash can
1: nearby. I mean, this is the same WWE that had a grappling hook backstage for Braun Strowman to drag down an entire set piece.
3: Well, yeah. Yeah, What
1: the hell do they need with a grappling hook?
2: You just don't ask (laughs) about it. You just can't move along with it. But also, to that effect, yeah, in WCW Nitro or whatever the game or Mortal Kombat or whatever, I just walk over to a weapon and I hit A and my guy picks it up. Hey production, make it easy for these people to get this stuff out from under there cuz I, I I saw them all struggle like you could see them reach in and then yank multiple times trying to get yeah. something loose. And you could tell they that's not them selling or acting. They want to get in the ring as soon as humanly yeah. possible cuz they know everything we're talking about it. They're like, "I kind of look like a dump right now." Yeah.
3: All right now. So, but, food production, leave, leave, leave the tables out though cuz there's, yeah, there's, it, it should be a requirement. Yeah, leave the tables out. There's just... There's, there's nothing... I'm sorry, even in fantasy WWE land, there's nothing logical about having... bring tables into a cage. Okay, that... Okay, I'm how sorry. How do
2: you feel about... How do you feel... Uh, you guys are both old-school War Games guys, so you've seen it, all the iterations. How do you feel about the middle of the rings? the The meeting point of the two rings, how they put the metal plate... Behind. I like
1: it.
3: Yeah, because... What happened before is people fell down and got their heads stuck between
2: them. Yeah. Rings.
1: People got stuck in there. It was it was a high risk injury.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, look, yeah. you could you could get your foot stuck in between them and tear a damn ACL or something. Yeah. Um, yes. so yeah, I'd better to put something in between the rings. And um <clears throat> I know some people want the roof. Um,
2: no. No, well, as someone uh, who's sitting in the balcony, absolutely friggin' not.
3: Okay, all right. Well, understood. Uh, but I I, mean, I, I go back to when Doctor Death was press slamming people against the roof, right? And it would have been awesome to see Bianca press slamming some Dakota or somebody against the roof.
2: Oh, that would have oh, been pretty good. So th- I would have popped to the moon because I would have had a great view of that. That would have been awesome. Um, but also fun. Sh- no, one last shout out to Dakota Kai because I had a fun little moment when she first came out for the War Games match. I believe she because. She was in first and she came out first first, right? And then, yes. yeah. I came out. And then Bianca. So she came in and did the, you know, sit in the corner, got both hands on the top rope, like crouched down, doing the I'm getting revved up thing. And like I took a really, really I because my camera has a really good zoom, I zoomed in on her, got a <coughs> picture of Grimming, and then I zoomed out to the wide angle lens and had the you know the whole full T D Bank North Garden. And I was like and it was a really cool moment because the last time, literally the last time I saw that girl in Boston, it was in an armory with 200 people.
1: Wow, that's, nice. that's cool. So, so that's I'm not, we're not going to linger on the women's match too much longer here. I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it. I said, you know, let's let's try again next year um, <clears throat> and work on the production aspect of it. Not going not gonna to dump on the women. I thought all the women looked good. Uh, one, one real notable for me, uh, EO Sky looked incredible. Um I, there have been times where she's tried to do certain things and to me it just didn't look good. She looked real good Saturday night. I think she's really really progressed as an overall talent and hopefully she sticks around and I look for more big things from her.
2: I don't think you could do the finish much better either. No, the finish was
1: perfection. <clears throat> it really was. So, so right
2: right girl got the pin, got the pin on the right person, like it immediately heats her right back up like we're all we're good,
0: man. Say goodbye
1: Absolutely. So next match I want to talk about is one that I thought was a hell of a lot of fun and uh, mainly because the internet wrestling community and the dirt sheets got to take another L because I'm pretty sure that I spent the last two weeks reading about how Austin Theory was done for. Austin Theory was cooked. Austin Theory was buried. Triple H had lost faith in him. Triple H was all done. We had a very long discussion about Austin Theory here about a month or so ago. We're not going to go that deep into the woods. I just think it's funny how, here we are, two weeks later after he lost his, you know, money in the bank contract and everybody thought he was, you know, had a foot out the door and a pink slip in his hand, is now <laughs> once, a, once again <clears throat> U.S. champion after the, defeating the, Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley in what I thought was one hell of a sprint match.
2: That was fun, man. That match How did that was come out? Live. Uh, really good. Um, I don't know people were up for it for, for sure. And the finish was awesome. Yeah. The finish finish that, that finish was just like, what just happened? (laughs) Uh, So if you didn't see it, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but Seth Seth does his superplex to Falcon Arrow and then while to Austin Theory, so lands the superplex Rolls through for the Falcon Arrow, gets him up high. It gets him vertical. Bobby comes out of nowhere and spears Seth. and they both fall down, but Austin grabs the the knees and rolls it through. and one, two, three, and new United States champion. Austin Theory, that was a slick piece of business, man.
4: Yeah, I,
1: I tell you what, man. Regardless of what you think about Austin Theory's personal history, if you don't think that
2: dude has it, you're fooling yourself, man. Oh, dude, if he's with the new personality he's showing on Raw, and, like, dude, this kid is off to the races. Yeah, he is. And Rob, like, what are your thoughts, it, it, man? Oh, yeah. well,
3: everything y'all just said, but also the, the, the double hurt lock was yeah oh that was
2: awesome ah. we popped for that
3: yeah and, and
2: i was like and i was saying i was like they could do this only one of them has to tap yeah. and then that gets them into a feud with each other like hey why'd you tap well uh, you know
3: yeah, yeah that so, uh, that was a
2: fun moment crab yeah. pop for that one too uh, for me that was
3: i mean that was like i said saturday while it was going i called that match of the night and i'm sticking with that
1: okay I agree. That's fair. Um, out. was there anything after that match that you really was was like stood out, stood out at you? Before we get into the, um, well, we're not going to bury anybody, but we're going <laughs> to.
3: Well, all right. Um, the we're going to have a discussion. The, the, the AJ Finn Balor match was really good.
1: That was really oh, good. And that they got awesome. you know, they got
3: stuck in a bad spot following a War Games match.
1: Yep, they but that was a them.
3: that was a damn good match between those two guys.
1: And it was one that was a slow burn because the first five to seven minutes was kind of slow. But once they kicked in, man, those dudes
2: cooked.
4: Yeah. Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah, it it was a feeling out process kind of. Yeah. And that's the way it was. It it felt like a
1: competitive match. Right. It felt like two guys, like Jason said, feeling each other out. I was like, okay, let me see what he's got. Let me see what you got. There was a, a bit of defensive offense going on. And then the second half of the match was just balls to the walls of offense. It was great.
2: Yeah. And I believe AJ Styles and Finn Balor have never actually wrestled each other. We... Oh, they, no, they did um, a couple years ago. It... No, I'm joking. AJ wrestled oh, I'm sorry. the demon. Wrestled
1: the demon, pal.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm sorry.
3: Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I blew the bit. I'm sorry. I That's don't... all right.
1: Uh, that, actually, if I remember correctly, that was supposed to be the demon and Sister Abigail. Yes. And then I think there was a case of, what was it, Mercer or something going around oh, the locker yeah. room? And, and AJ just, literally had to fly in overnight from like Germany or something.
4: Yeah. To yeah. To know, make he, the he,
1: show.
2: Yeah. It was one of those insane stories that was, all of a sudden. Some crazy. By away, the the universe just fell into place. And like uh, these guys who should have had a blow off match, you know, five, six years ago finally get to have one.
1: Yeah. So interesting, interesting little side road here. And Jason, you had made the, the comment in the chat. AJ Styles picked up his first premium live event in quite a while, taking a decisive victory over Finn Balor. And your, your thoughts were, okay, judgment day, two steps forward, two steps back.
2: Jason, you no, got any thoughts with that? One step back. Two one steps step back. forward. We got, we got Finn, we got them like back. We got Rhea doing something. We got like they feel like a threat again um but i feel like it maybe it was a half step back because it 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 greatly depends on where it goes but um i don't know i i i expected finn to win there and um yeah i don't know it, it but regardless the match itself was yeah awesome
0: what, but, what do uh, you think yeah.
1: rob is this a little bit of a backslide for uh judgment well, day or do you think they pick up the pieces and just keep right on rolling
3: Well, I think at some point, AJ and the boys had to win something. Yeah. Yeah. Now, personally, I would have done it at Crown Jewel because the wacky six-man tag team match over at Saudi Arabia, to me, that was the match that you could have them win and not really, you know, and then it not feel like Judgment Day maybe was losing momentum or something. And that's what I thought they were going to do. But they didn't do that. So... the other side has to win something yeah and that and you know that's one of the issues with the whole damage control thing that when they get to the big matches you know you know um, bianca basically wipes the floor with them um so they had to win something here um i think this is fine and also it emphasizes that well if the odds are even if things are fair we would win yeah right um which is You know, which is supposed to be—that's always a staple of these, you know, face versus heel, you know, feuds or confrontations, or whether if if things are fair, the good guys would win, right? right? So in this case, things were fair. You know, Gallows and Anderson ran off, Priest and Dominic, and so things were finally fair, and so the good guys finally win one. Um, But like I said, depends on where they go from here. Um. Yeah, and that's all it is. It depends on where they go from here. But I think ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, I think it's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, as with all things WWE, it'll heavily hinge on how they move forward from here. Sometimes they don't get it right. I'm hoping with this they do because I think I a think general judgment day is awesome. I think Dom has really come into his own. And, you know, we can't get out of this segment without mentioning that incredible beatdown at the Mysterio household on Thanksgiving Day. That he was has
2: absolutely clean. incredible piece of business. Yeah. They they found a way to make his horrible acting work. Because yes. now that he's this snot-nosed little brat with his golf golf girlfriend, you know, who you know he's now he's dying his hair and probably gonna get a lip piercing next week and all this stuff. And screw you, Dad. But he's making it work. And and the yeah, the beatdown was a wonderful piece of business. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, watched uh, that
1: and I was just, they beat this poor man half to death in his own home on Thanksgiving. And the yeah. best part is Ray pulling on a mask right before he answers the yeah. door. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Thank you, Ray, for protecting the business. Yeah. Not enough people do it anymore.
3: Yeah. And, um,. To me that was right up there when like when Triple H came in Randy's house and you saw like the random guy run across the living room <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. to get the hell out of there.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah, but we gotta give credit, credit to Dom. I know we've been a little tough on him, and probably deservedly so. You know, if you're yeah, a main roster uh, WWE talent, we're gonna sorry, you don't get yeah. the kid gloves. But yeah, because, because you're, he's you're, you're, he's he's figured it out. No, well, he's on his way anyway. Yeah, they,
3: they have him... He's cast in the right role. He is. And... and, and So now, of course, you know, that begs the question... You know, where does he go after all this is over? Um, will... You know, will... He, because, obviously, when all this is over... Um, he's not going to be doing the same type of gimmick... Or stick, or whatever. But, you now, know, we cross the bridge when we come to it.
1: The, the interesting yeah. thing is, if you're looking for... Because there's a lot of people that, you know... Think that eventually this will end up in a match... With him and Rey Mysterio, Rey beats him, but then takes off the mask and hands it over. You know, essentially passing the moniker of the Mysterio name and the mask down to Dom. The thing is, Rey Mysterio's style works because of his size. I just... Dom just is not believable doing the Lucha shit. He's too tall. Like, and I understand there were other Lucha... Like, you take Psychosis and um, La Parka and there was another one that was kind of tall, and his name escapes me right now. Um, I, I'd say psychosis because he was probably the tallest of the bunch, and he could make it work, But and this is no offense to Dom, he's no psychosis. No, no. And, um, you know, at least not right now. He may get there eventually, but psychosis was a special talent. To be as tall as he was, to move like he did, to be able to do a lot of the stuff in there that he did, and I just don't think Dom is that type of wrestler.
3: Well, dom's too slow
1: he is he's too <laughs> slow psychosis was like as as the man would say quicker than a hiccup
3: yeah and that and that's the thing um dom doing the lucha stuff when well, he's too slow and that's just what it is and i mean unless you're going to be like like the well, parker just didn't do the high-flying shit. he was just like i'm just here to fight yep yeah <clears throat> and if you know if you want to do that then okay right um
2: I mean, that's why he had a chair with him ninety percent of the time.
3: Yeah, and look, I'm sorry. That was one of that was one of the highlights of Monday night when he was oh. <laughs> the, the, the absolutely the with the, th- okay. the chairman oh, with yeah. the
1: dance. We popped every time Morphe yeah. came yeah. out. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but
3: dumb, yeah. He he, like you said, Ray style works because he's so fast, and because he's he's the little guy who moves so fast that it that. You know, at times it can make up for the size disadvantage. Of course, sometimes he just gets caught and gets gets the shit kicked out of him. But <laughs> but I mean, Don is not that fast and well he's they're gonna he's gonna have to come if he's gonna have a long career, he's gonna have to find some in ring style that works for him that he can do um i don't think the Lucha just stuff is it cuz he, he doesn't move yeah. fast enough uh,
2: I, I don't know who needs to tell him and maybe he, you can never convince him to totally abandon it because of obvious reasons dude you got to stop doing the
1: 619
3: oh, yes. oh, oh, oh it's His
1: 619 is so, so awkward bad. doing that move actually i've like, yet to see anybody pull that off as well as cuz even eo sky i'll say that much and i love eo sky i hate to see her do the 619
2: and she might be, like, the closest one to, like, getting it halfway decent compared to Ray. Right. Right. I, you know, I've seen, um, you know, Claudio slash Cesaro
1: try it. It didn't work for me then. No. Um, <clears throat> You got them See? long, gangly
2: legs. You can't be doing that stuff.
3: No. I mean, it works because Ray whips around so fast.
2: Yes. Right. His Well, his center of gravity and his rotation is so small, and it's just go. Yeah, right. it's all the centrifugal force. He looks like a top.
3: Right, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's what it is. I mean, but... Because when Dom does it, it looks like on two K when you when you do it and the guy catches you,
0: yeah, <laughs> like,
3: counters it like every time, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. It's just
2: going yes. a little bit slower so the animations can line up when he catches your legs.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yep. So, yeah, interesting to see
1: what happens with with Judgment Day moving forward, whether or not the feud with the original club continues, or whether or not they move on to another victim. Let's. Guys, let's
2: go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off here. Okay. Okay. I had one last thought, Dom, I want to put him over because three, four, five months ago, I was like, this dude's a bust. I'll send him down to NXT, at least. I, like, yeah. Let him let him, whatever. <laughs> let him marinate. Let him whatever. I'm not saying out and out fire the kid, obviously. Um, But now we get to this point, and I'm like, okay, now at this point, I still have because of everything we just talked about, I have no desire to see Rey Mysterio III. Right. I am very, very, very interested in what Dominic Mysterio looks like in five years. Same.
1: Absolutely. That's, that's a good call right there. Job done, kid. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. All right, well, like I said, let's rip the Band-Aid off here and talk about the match that last week none of us were really overly excited about. Uh, I'm going to start off here. Uh, SmackDown Women's Champion Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. I'm not gonna be as brutal as the rest of you. I didn't hate this match. Uh bless Shotzi's heart. She really tried to salvage it in some spots. It wasn't great. Um, and that's I, I'm not blaming I'm not blaming Shotzi on this one. I, I can't. I mean, like I said, that people will argue certain things about Shotzi. Should she have been in that spot? Um, is she, you know, that type, that caliber of talent? That's irrelevant. I think she did the best she could with what she was given. I don't dislike Ronda Rousey at all, but we need to have an honest discussion here. This is not the Ronda Rousey that we had three, four years ago, and I don't know what happened. Um, It's not. It's obvious you can't chalk it up to she doesn't want to be there because if she didn't want to be there, she wouldn't because she doesn't need to be there. So that much needs to be said right up front. Um, Obviously, she's there because she likes pro wrestling. She wants to be a part of it, but there's just there's something not clicking here, man. And and I can't quite wrap my finger around it. She just, she went on maternity leave. She did her thing. When she came back, she was not the same worker. And it's not even like it was with like Brock Lesnar. Because I've I've said publicly, when we look back at Brock Lesnar in the early 2000s, and then we look at the Brock Lesnar we have now, the Brock Lesnar we lost is not the Brock Lesnar we got back. Um, His work style changed quite a bit. He's older, he's Thicker. He's bigger. He moves around a bit differently. So his style had to change. Um, I don't know what's going on with Ronda Rousey. It's almost like she's still trying to wrestle the same style. And it's not clicking with me. Uh, We're going to start here with Jason because I know Rob's probably got thoughts. Um, Jason, how was that match
2: perceived live? Like how was the live audience there? Well, I can tell you that the concession behind me had pizza, hot dogs, uh, they had beer. They had soda. I you making yeah, me this hungry? was this was bad, guys? This yeah. was bad in the building and not. It was the worst sound in professional wrestling. There was no sound. Bingo. Silence. Wow. Oh boy. It was so quiet, and even I, I try like in big spots, like maybe get my section going or something, but like yeah. it just couldn't do it. Uh, it was compounded by the fact that some of the worst spots that you guys were saying like oh that was terrible whatever whatever it was taking place like camera like towards the hard cam if you're looking at the hard cam camera uh, hard cam left so close to the entrance trap and the like the post was right at one of the posts for the war games thing was right in our view oh, uh, so, gotcha. like so we were looking through the war games yeah it was bad So that even made it worse So because all of a sudden they just toppled over, ass over tea tea kettle, and I'm just like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. So, yeah, was a a spot where they they were wrapped up in the ropes and God. Yeah, they never quite got going, and it was exactly what it was everything that we kind of predicted. Like, it was, A, Ronda needs to be in there with a quarterback. No matter how good she is, no matter how athletically gifted she is, Look at her in her first run if she's in there with somebody that isn't the most experienced in the world, she's in there with them for less than 5 minutes. If she yeah. isn't if she goes 10, 15, 20, whatever, it's in there with Becky, Charlotte, you know, somebody somebody who can quarterback that thing and keep it going. I'm not about to tell you what you know uh, Shotzi's skill level with that kind of stuff is. I can only see tell you what I have seen from her compared to the other wrestlers. She's a perfectly adequate, good to to good wrestler. I'm not shitting on the girl, but She's unfortunately, Ronda with a means, great gimmick, with a great gimmick and a great everything else. She's not a hand holder, and Ronda I, I, that hand holding might be strong, but a quarterback man. She yeah. needs a quarterback to call the shots, call the spots, and say, look, we're going this, this, and this. Yeah. Uh, it just got clunky and messy, and it just seemed like they weren't communicating. They were they would go for one spot and then all of a sudden one of them would shift their view and it, it would shift their grip. And it was like the other person didn't even plan on that. It it was just
1: it it seems to me, and we somebody, I think it was Rob said this a while back, that Rhonda's gotten to the point where you know, a lot of times in production they'll they'll call this stuff in the back. You know, they'll block out the match. Okay, you know, we've got we've got 12 minutes and this is where we need to start. This is what we need. I don't exactly know how they block it out. I've been to indie shows where I've watched wrestlers sit there, talk about what they're going to do in the back. Um, But how they do it in WWE, I'm not privy to that information. My understanding would be is that they block the whole however long they have. We'll say 12 minutes. Um, They block it out. Ronda does either doesn't seem to be interested in doing that or forgets what they talked about. I, Rob made a mention of that. He can talk about it in a minute. But if that's your thing, you need to be able to be a wrestler who can call it in the ring. And you know, regardless of what I may think about Ronda, I, I don't hate her as much as most people do. She's not a call-it-in-the-ring wrestler. Um, so you, you absolutely need to have a plan going out there. You just can't go out there and feel the crowd. You know, Rhonda doesn't feel the crowd. She can't. She doesn't have the experience. It takes years of experience in this business. Some people have a natural aptitude to, a, to it. Some people take to it like a fish out of water. Rhonda was not that fish. Um, Kurt Angle was that fish. Bianca was that fish. Um, but not, uh, yeah, no, she definitely needed somebody to block that out. Even when it was very obvious in some spots that they were, it looked like they were trying to call it in the ring and it just wasn't working.
2: Rob, yeah. What do you think? I mean, yeah. Rob, Ooh, uh, Rob's been quietly polishing the shovel in the corner. He, he has. Uh, he's over there. You can see. Well, he's he he's been
1: over here rubbing his forehead yeah. and, and chomping at the bit. <laughs>
2: okay.
3: Um, this is bad. Um, yeah. There's no way to slice it, man. Um, and all right, because there was the thing on the apron, and some I saw somebody on Twitter, like, well, you know, pointing out, well, this is how the spot was supposed to go, and it was a uh, they showed a clip with shotzi and bianca and nxt and and even the quote-unquote right way to do it didn't look great um yeah so i don't know what they were trying to do there um then there was the the dive where shana took the dive but like she almost didn't get there in time and so somebody went too fast or too slow or something um And it almost looked like Maybe It almost looked like Shayna might have Pushed around out of the way Just improvising Almost even You know um,
1: I legit thought Shayna got hurt there
3: Yeah, yeah. When that, she took that I, I was like Oh shit And if there's, if there's one thing I'll criticize If there's one thing I will criticize Shotzi for is Look I know that's your thing But Every time you Do those dives The shit goes bad or Or It goes bad enough times Um So, and because I remember the match she had with Charlotte last year, she went for the dive and she got her feet caught in the ropes. Yeah. And almost completely just wiped out. And so, if I'm going to criticize shots for anything, like, like you got to let that go. Because for whatever reason, it it ain't working enough.
1: And I don't want to see her hurt herself or anyone else. Yeah. That's the most important thing here. Right. Is
2: God, don't freaking end your career before it's even started. Right. Yeah, because if that spot goes bad, forget looking weird. Like, yeah, you, know, it's not you, about, you might it's end about, up looking weird for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's, and look, it's not even about oh, it looked you know bocci.
3: No, it's not that. It's just it's dangerous. And she wipes out doing that enough time. She's wiped out or almost wiped out doing it enough times, where you just gotta let it go. Yeah. Um. But like like y'all were saying with Rhonda, it's it's. Um. It well, there's like it there was a twofold thing, right? One, all right, like y'all said, she needs to be quarterback through the match, and and she, by her own admission, is this time around has had trouble getting down all the planned spots and remembering them. Um, and I don't know why that is, but she's admitted to that. Um, but so that's a thing but then they also keep you know she wrestles now she shouldn't be wrestling on TV as much as she is cuz every time she goes out there she gets more and more exposed um particularly since you know the people they have her working with are folks that well just to be nice they are they are not the the ring generals um and so she's getting more and more exposed every time they, and they keep sending her out there to do matches um And and I've said before that it feels like, just judging by the way she talks about the stuff, it it almost, it feels like she's at fantasy camp. That she's there to have a good time and she's enjoying herself. But like, you know, there's what goes on in the ring is serious. And, you know, you, you can't just be out there like, yeah, do whatever. Because she's even said that this time around, she just tells the opponent like, "We'll just yeah, we'll do whatever you want, okay, whatever." Um, and she's mostly this time she she's only had two opponents this whole go round who you can do that with, and that's you know Charlotte and Natty who can, who you can who yeah you can say okay we'll just do whatever you want, and and you're fine. Um, everyone else she's been in there with is not that, right. and.
2: Isn't is isn't that.
3: not that. No, and you know, and so it looks like Raquel may be up next for her.
2: Oh, oh dear,
3: she, she ain't that either.
2: And not a knock on Raquel. And that's not the size thing. That's just going to be a whole different ball of it, bullshit. Yeah,
3: well, and um, it's because well, look, and the first time, first time she was there, they very meticulously protected her. If she when she they wrestled did. on TV. It was in tag team matches or six woman matches for the most part. Like the only serious match, singles match that she had on TV, she had one with Natty and she had one with Bailey. And other than that, it was all six woman tags and, you know, or squash matches on TV. Yeah. Um, and this time they've had her on TV having matches that go five, six, seven minutes. And it's like, what are you doing? Um, mm-hmm. And. And then before, and then look the first time when she had opponents, there was there was a formula, right? They they had her with somebody who she physically meshed with really well, like Nia Jax, because she does work well with the bigger women. Um, so they you give her someone. They gave her Nia Jax for a couple matches. Those matches were actually very good.
1: They were um, quite good.
3: Or they put her with either Alexa Bliss or Nikki Bella, and you had you know Bree Bella or Alexa had like Nikki James and Alicia Fox running interference. And you had, so you had a bunch of interference during the matches to kill time. Or if, it or they put her in there with Charlotte or Sasha, right? And then, you know, the WrestleMania main event, it was Charlotte and Becky. So there was a formula to, you know, there was a planned out formula to <clears throat> basically keep her from looking bad. And e- and even in her first match, right?
2: Doug, right, uh, I was going to say right from the rip, her first match was, you know, with, Two of the greatest. Yeah, she's in the ring with Triple
1: H and Kurt Angle,
2: right? And, and Stephanie, you know, who by her own right,
1: former women's, former women's champion Stephanie McMahon, right? Her, and, by her own right, Stephanie McMahon is a worker. Oh yeah, she she knows how. She knows she knows exactly
3: when to take a beating in a match. She knows when yeah. to get heat and all of that yep. stuff.
2: I was gonna say Stephanie may not do the moves, but Stephanie can work. Stuff. Yeah, work a match
3: right so they did they took every step to protect her and make sure she never looked bad in a ring this time around they have not done that this time around they've just thrown her in the ring with people
1: well maybe that's the difference that i was talking about maybe that maybe you're you're hitting on something here rob because i sat here about five minutes ago and i'm like i can't figure out what the difference is and maybe that's it maybe they're not protecting her like they did maybe they're just like okay here you go you're out there kid Let's see what
3: you got, and well, and maybe you know. Now there are a couple of things. Maybe they, maybe people thought that since she has, you know, since <coughs> she has some experience, that you didn't have to do all of that this time. Maybe, right? Um, but it's obvious that you do still. Um, and but the other thing is that I mean, a lot of people just aren't there. Um, you know, Charlotte's not there. She hasn't been there since May. Yeah. Um Naomi and Sasha are not there. Um they haven't been there since May. And then the other women who could do it are all on Monday Night Raw. And and then uh, but see this is the other thing with Ronda is because of who she is, she has to, you know, if you're booking the wrestling television show, you're going to have her in the position that she's in right now as as the champion or the number 1 contender. Okay. And it also means that basically until, you know, you you have maybe within a year, you have, you know, one or two or three times where she can take a loss. Those have to be very carefully planned out. You can't have, you know, it, it can't. So, which means that you can't have her in there with your big name people, but so much because those people are going to lose to her. Yeah. So you have to keep them away until it's the time to have the big matches, right. which means you know, and so no, you you couldn't send Rhea Ripley over there to have a feud with her, although it probably would have been a really good match. But you 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 don't want you don't want Rhea Ripley to take a loss to Ronda Rousey. You don't want um you know you don't want Oscar taking a lo- just a random loss to Ronda Rousey. You don't want right. um you know and um. Well, Alexa probably never wants to get in the ring with her again because she got concussed to all hell yeah. last time. So she, I, she probably I would just, say
1: right now, Rhea Ripley's probably the most protected woman on that roster because they are one thousand percent saving her for a feud with Bianca Belair.
3: Right. So, but you don't want to, and then you're not going to, and obviously you're not sending Becky to fight Ronda until WrestleMania. Um. So you're, I mean, just you can't send your best, most experienced people over there to take losses. To her, you know, um, which is there's a whole lot like look, but with Brock, Brock's not Brock comes in, he does a match or two on pay per view, and then he goes home. Like like you don't have him running through the roster.
2: Well, even when he was here, like once, like you know that summer he was here weekly or whatever. Where all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, we have Brock back. He was just there. He didn't wrestle Madcap Moss. He didn't work in a tag match or whatever. He wrestled big dudes at pay-per-views. That's it. And I feel like Ronda Rousey should be doing the same.
1: Yeah, right, Brock came back for the money matches, and we should be doing the money like matches with
2: Ronda Rousey. He'll squash or send uh, send Madcap Moss to Suplex City on a Monday night. But the bell's not ringing, and he's not working a five-minute you know main event with Madcap Moss or whoever. Right. So. And then, because
4: the that's the other thing, thing
3: ha, like, she should only work big matches, you know, or big matches, or if, you, or if she isn't going to work on TV, then yeah, have her squash somebody. Having her work these, like, six and seven minute matches, they're, you know, they're competitive enough, enough to make her look ordinary, and, and that's a problem, because you, you, she shouldn't look ordinary in there. She, she she should only look vulnerable against the big-name people. The same way with, like, okay. Brock. Brock gets in there with Roman, yeah, he'll take bumps. He'll mm-hmm. sell. Or with Seth Rollins or with Bobby Lashley. But, no, if you send Brock in there with Madcap Moss, Madcap's going to die. <laughs> right? I mean, I mean yeah. and, but Rhonda's having these competitive matches with Shotzi, with Liv Morgan, with Emma, um, you know, and she's going to have, with, you know, and, she's going to have one with Raquel and, and, but the more you send her out there, the more ordinary she looks, the more she gets exposed. And you cause you're, again, you're sending her out there with these people who are not ring generals. And it just, it gets increasingly worse. And, um, and now, I mean, let's be real looking at the calendar. I mean, it's what's well, about to be December. Wrestlemania is in April We gonna we gonna do four more Months of this
1: <sighs> I don't know man it, It's possible we may very well have, uh, have Have Ronda Rousey Smack women's Smackdown women's champion for several more Months here it may I mean, be Wrestlemania Before she drops that thing
2: Yeah and um That <sighs> And if we're going to do this all the way to April, we got to shift. We got to course correct. We got to do something here, man, cuz this is not
3: not working I mean, for me,
2: brother. Well, there's there's a the thing that
3: people on Twitter have surprisingly been calling for. But I don't think that's in the cards. You know. Uh, yeah. I, I don't you know. I think and you know and you know and look look it and look it makes me happy to see people on Twitter saying save us Charlotte Flair. But <laughs> I, I don't think that's in the plans. Everybody. Um, no,
1: they they had their match. It's I, I'm a Becky Lynch fan, but again, this is the internet who has been wanting the one on one Becky versus Ronda match that they feel like they got cheated out of three years ago. I as a yes. huge mark,
4: I I
2: hate that. Stupid. As
1: a huge mark for Becky Lynch, I do not want Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. I don't. I don't want it. I don't want Becky to win the Women's Royal Rumble.
2: Um, It doesn't need to happen. Um, I'm sorry if it was a three-way, but Becky still pinned Ronda Rousey in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. What else do you want, you dopes? And I'm sorry, that whole
1: lead-up, that build-up was incredible. Like, that was some of the best women's television on WWE programming that we've gotten in a while was that three-way it's feud between the two between those three women, that whole scene where they were getting arrested, and Charlotte g- just knees the soul out of Ronda Rousey while she's handcuffed in the squad car. Becky and Ronda kicking at each other while they're in the back of the squad car. This is absolutely just incredible television. I popped for the whole thing. It was fine. They did it. It's done. Let's move on. I agree.
3: Um, no? Yeah, and uh, I just... I mean, and now we're all, another thing is, um, well, Dave quote-unquote reported that Ronda was just being here through WrestleMania, but that hasn't been confirmed, so if God forbid she's staying longer, then
1: what? Dave also reported that Kevin Owens wasn't going to be at War Games Saturday night, so.
3: Oh, yeah, and that's, Uh, you um, know,
1: (laughs) Dave's uh, reporting, I don't know if anybody's up to date here, but Dave's reporting record ain't the greatest
3: no, um, and so I, it's, it's just gotten, it's gotten very tedious with Rhonda, and yeah. it's not fun anymore, and now, again, the, the idea that we may have four more months of this, four months of this, and, you know... And I'm sorry if they if they want Charlotte to come in and do a job, Deronda, just to make things better. If I were her, I if there's a time to say not going to work for me, brother.
1: Yeah, Rob, Rob just sounded like the old lady from Titanic. It's yep. been 83 years. Well, just I, I mean, can still smell the fresh paint. It's, I mean, it's
3: yep. it's I mean, this is bad. And it it, it, it well and. And I'll even say it's not even like Rhonda's. it's not even all Rhonda's fault per se. Is she's ill-suited yep. for this – she's ill-suited for the way things are set up right now. Yeah. And I think it's
1: safe to say she's not a full-time talent.
3: She should not be, no. And, yeah. No. Um, again, she should work the big matches. And also, look, if she only works big matches, then you don't have to have the title on her, just like you don't have to have a title on Brock right now. Right. Because if Brock was there full-time, then you you would have to do some real mental gymnastics to justify him not being champion, right? Um, but in the same thing with Ronda Ron, there being all the time, you have to do mental gymnastics to explain why the M- MMA killer lady is not the women's champion. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's part of the problem. So she should be... At this point, I think we know she should be part time. She should come in. She should work the big shows. She can work WrestleMania. She can be in the Royal Rumble. Um, work SummerSlam, right? I mean, that's what she should. And in that way, again, that way, you know, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have a dilemma with the women's championship and her. But because if she's again, she's there full time just because of who she is and her, you know, background and all that. Yes, she should be the women's champion if she's there full time because it it would be dumb to not do it, you know, just from a logic standpoint. But having her there full time is just it's it's bad. It's yeah. bad and um and we got four more months of this. And look, cause, I mean, I look, I've admittedly I, I've pretty much kind of checked out on the SmackDown Women's Division. And it, and for me, it's even worse because I watch Impact Wrestling. And, you know, when you watch, watching watching the knockouts on Impact Wrestling and then watching the SmackDown Women's Division now, it's just like, uh yeah. I mean, you know, I, it just is. Um, and... You know, and look, I'm sorry, you know, and no disrespect to Impact Wrestling, but the WWE should not have any division that is not as good as some other wrestling company's version of it. They should not. Right. And right now, the SmackDown Women's Division is they're not as good as the Knockouts Division. Um, and to be perfectly honest. And this may sound crazy, but. Look, AEW does a shit job of putting their women on television, but the actual women wrestlers are better.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's that's the tragedy of AEW. They've got some awesome talent over there.
3: Yeah, I mean right. Jamie Hater, Tony Storm, Athena are, are all better than Ruby anybody. Soho is over there. Yeah, um, Thunder Rosa and yeah, Jade's good, man. And and look, Jade. Well, Jade's a star, and she's good at what she does, right? Yep. She's she's good at doing what she does. Yep, and they would all be more any one of those people we just named would be better than what's being offered on SmackDown right now. And but the problem is you can't move some of your better people over to SmackDown because again you can't have them all out there taking the l's around Ronda. Right, um, and it's a, it's a <clears throat> problem.
1: And SmackDown Women's Division is odd to me right now because there really is, like, aside, I f- you never see her anymore. But I think Natalia is still listed as a a SmackDown Women's roster star, isn't she? She is, yeah. So Natalia, you've got Natalia's experience, but beyond that, you've got Shotzi, you've got Raquel, you've got Ziya Lee, you've got Emma, who Emma is not quote unquote developmental, but she's only been back in the company for two to three weeks. Um, trying to think of who else is over there on on SmackDown that still
3: live. Uh,
1: Sonya, Sonya, I think is as good as. I, this is going to sound like I'm insulting her, but I'm not. Sonya is as good as Sonia's ever going to get. Um, I think she's done cooking, I, and I think she's a perfectly fine, you know, mid card woman. I I enjoy Sonya Deville very much, but the large majority of that roster is still developing themselves. You know, Raquel is still developing. Whoever she's going to be when she fully matures as a as a main roster star. Same thing with Shashi. Same thing, you know. You've got Liv, who finally evolved this past year. Um, but there aren't a whole lot of established veterans who are done cooking. And then you look at the other side of the street, and you've got you know Becky, and you've got Bianca, and you've got Bailey, and to a slightly lesser degree, you've got Dakota Kai and Io Sky. You've got Asuka. I mean, the Raw women's roster is loaded with talent who's seasoned. And then you've got SmackDown.
4: Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah. I mean, put it this way. I mean, Monday they had a match with Candice and Dakota, and that's deep into the Raw roster.
1: Yeah. I heard it was a pretty good match, too. I haven't seen Raw yet.
3: Yeah, I mean, if they... Good. Yeah, and... um. So when you consider that that's deep into the raw roster and that match would be better than anything that's been on smackdown in since at least three or four months um
1: and it's interesting because smackdown when they first did the brand split smackdown was going to be the more wrestling centric show and it was know, for got a some, while. it was for a while uh, but <laughs> you know now you look at it and i mean they've got great characters i mean her ring work aside, Sonya Deville is a great character. Um, Raquel is developing a great character. Shotzi is an awesome character. Zia um, Lee, Zia Lee was the beginnings of a really good character. I don't know what happened there. Like the presentation is awesome. Yeah. But then they never did anything with it.
2: Yeah, you never got beyond Lightning Warrior. Right. Yeah, and then. So- it- I mean That's it's essential there though.
1: Again, Mortal Kombat on wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, and... man. Just let lean into it, let her I don't know. Just lean, just lean into it and let her do her thing. Yeah. And I think you've got a perfectly serviceable Xylee. Absolutely. Um,
3: and I think it's just right now like on SmackDown, you have a whole lot of, like the whole roster of people who would be really good. I think I said this a few weeks ago, if they ever did the women's mid card thing, that that whole roster would be really good for that um but as far as people you put in big matches on big shows they're all on raw yeah now and is is it time to shake things up around here it's well well they they got kind of screwed over with the draft even going because coming out of the draft last year you had you had charlotte sasha and naomi Mm -hmm. and then you had like everyone else was either well uh, so you had and then you had like Natty and Shayna as kind of your mid-level veterans, but then everyone else was either like new to the main roster or they were just new in general. Because you had you had Tony Storm and you had Aaliyah and you had Shotzi and you had Bfab and was there one more? And Xia Lee, right? And they were all again either new. They were either new to the main roster or they were just new. Period. And then so you had a kind of a half and half roster and you know it was you know hurts and not exactly basically and then the, the best of the new people was tony storm and then she left so then you had and then BFAB got released and then because like in january i mean it was they were down to like five women because sasha had an ankle injury it was down to charlotte naomi natty Aaliyah, and like maybe one other person um so they weren't set up very good coming out of the draft even and then you know the the thing happened where Sasha and Naomi left right yeah. and they weren't prepared for, they weren't prepared <laughs> for something like that to happen maybe you shouldn't piss off two of your better women wrestlers in the division how about that um, yeah but um they weren't it, it's like they weren't prepared and and like I know some of the big live From Morgan fans insist that, that the whole thing was planned all along I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that that was an audible to get her over there with the briefcase because they had to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And look, and give her credit for being ready to at least give it a try. You know, look, we all have different opinions on how well it went, but, um, but they weren't prepared really for. I mean, they were, you know, again, they had. Basically three women who were big match worthy competitors and you know, one of you know, one of them had planned to take time off, obviously. But then the other two, you know, because of booking decisions, decided to help with this shit. Yeah. And they weren't they weren't prepared for and well honestly, they weren't prepared for Tony Storm to quit either. Okay.
1: No, they had to they had to pivot after she left. I think there were bigger things in the or at In least for her,
3: they were at least going to have a pay-per-view match. I think her and Charlotte were going to do like yeah. Day One or something, um, and and there might have been bigger things down the road. But and so they just they weren't prepared. To
1: be fair, she may very well have been Liv Morgan had she stuck around.
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, very I... easily, Tony Storm could have been Liv Morgan.
3: Yeah. Yep. Um, but
2: I mean, now she's doing pretty well for herself. So good for her.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, it worked out for her. But it's yeah. um but getting back to the main point here, um yeah, four more months, the possibility of four more months of this, um, where you can't send anybody good over there to have a, a good pay-per-view match with Rhonda. Um the one person who might who might be available for that you know, you know, would have every right to say no. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and and again, and also, and it, they they may already have, because look, I mean, obviously, with Bianca at WrestleMania, it's either going to be Charlotte or Rhea or both. Um, so just them, you know, those plans may already be set and they're not changing. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking at yeah, we're looking at a possibility of four months of this and then if you do round in becky at wrestlemania like we all assume and if, if becky beats her for the smackdown women's title then if she comes over to smackdown are you can bring seth over there with her and then you got now you got seth and roman on the same show again we really want to do that
1: they may i mean that may be part of the plan i mean you never know i don't know um
2: i mean uh, okay I think, guys we're, we're getting to the point if we want to get to a thousand days you got to start repeating some people yeah, ko ko's in the pipeline. I wouldn't be surprised if Seth is too.
3: Um, I guess the only yeah. thing is, I mean, Seth on SmackDown leaves a big gaping hole on Monday night.
2: True. Maybe filled by the Tribal Chief. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, you that's could, all. Right, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. They, I, think, they, yeah. they, they, well, yes, I just looked. The last draft was October twenty twenty one. They desperately need a shake up, a draft, just to. Clear the deck and reset going into I mean obviously they've got some irons in the fire right now, so you're kind of limited, but you gotta reset some of this stuff and you gotta redistribute the wealth.
1: Just my opinion, champions are current sitting champions should not be part of a draft. I do not want to see another belt swap.
3: Hell no. No. I don't want to no. see
1: well and right well, now you know, the only belt swaps would be would be the Intercontinental
2: and the uh US well, no, that, and the women's that. That wouldn't be a swap, because you're not... They would just take the U.S. to SmackDown, and the oh, I.C. True. would just take that's the true. I.C. Yeah. to... You know, because they're not the the SmackDown yeah. mid-card championship and the Raw mid-card championship. I, I stand by what I said.
1: Sitting champions should not be part of the draft.
2: That's fair. Period. But I, yeah, you
1: I, know, I, I stand by that statement. I agree. I, it, it I agree
2: with you on that, though. Because so, they have started to establish the Intercontinental Championship as kind of... The main championship. That is the of SmackDown Raw. main championship right and now. The US um, championship is the Raw mid card
0: championships.
1: I know I just correct. joked
2: about it a second ago, but no, they've really sh- thrown that in the high gear in the last couple of months. Right. Yeah. And so it's not since, always that way.
1: Since, since we have diverged way off topic, ah! <laughs> <laughs> let me grab the reins and pull this back in and let's talk about that absolute cinematic masterpiece that was a main event. At uh, it said Survivor Series War Games this year. Now I am gonna say I have to go back and watch the match because I paid very little attention to the match as a as a work. I paid more attention to all the nuances that were going on that had nothing to do with the wrestling going in the ring. There were little things that I was watching. Like I love watching. I told you guys this before. I love watching Pete Dunne work. So I was really watching everything Pete Dunne did. But from a wrestling st- standpoint, I could can, I can't tell you very much that happened in that match beyond all the really good storytelling that was going on throughout the duration of that whole thing. From you know, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns telling Sami Zayn, "No, you go out." He's telling Jay, "You stay here." You know, testing Sammy's resolve with the Bloodline. Um, you know, it, it just absolutely incredible work. Roman sitting, just the little the little details. I told you guys, I'm a fan of details. Roman sitting in a chair like the godfather, pointing fingers, directing traffic, telling people where to go before he finally decides to get up off his ass and come to work. Um, it's, It was just incredible. You know, Jason, how was the energy there live for that match?
2: They picked it up for this match. The crowd really got into it, and it's yeah. and it is nine eighty. I'll be nice seventy percent due to one Sam Zane. Yeah. Like that guy is over as hell, um, well, and that's the that to me that was the biggest takeaway
1: from this whole thing. They built an entire war games match
2: to tell Sami Zayn's story it was incredible it it was awesome the payoff at the end the the watching jay and sammy try to figure it out throughout the entire match and roman forcing that hand when jay goes in first and then you know uh it's butch butch and jay start off and then uh ridge gets in there and then the cage opens for the bloodline again and jimmy is you know rearing to go to go save his brother and he takes off only he stops short because romans got him by the belt and he pulls him back in and says no points says you in sammy you out go and so and from there we were off to the races man like like watching that on the watching that unfold the live was absolutely incredible we were all like we were rooting for Sammy to finally do the right thing and save the baby faces and and get Roman and them out of there and get that evil Kevin Owens out of here and we finally got our wish. It was beautiful. Evil Kevin Owens, are you watching the same show I'm watching? I am absolutely watching the same show. Show you're watching. Uh, my fundamentally, friend. we're watching it differently, pal. Well, was, know, we sorry. may watch it differently. <laughs> well, Listen, you sound like you sound
3: like me last year talking about the, the evil superhero league. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know. so, Rob, Man, what was, was there anything you know,
1: in particular you took away from this one, Rob?
3: Like you, I was watching all the, 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 the story stuff, and I completely zoned out on the match until they were doing the, the 50 beats of the boundary or how many was oh, it? Oh, that so, was
1: amazing.
3: That was the that's the only the only things I remember about this match. I remember that, and then the closing sequence. I was completely zoned out during this during the match itself. Um, you know, other than when the part of the you know where Roman sent, you know, when he went, I forgot who, who went. Wait, wait, Jay went first. Jay, and sent, starting it, with Jay he,
1: and Butch. Yeah, Jay, and then but,
3: okay, and then yeah, when he when he told when he held back Jimmy. Jimmy and told sammy to go in like i remember that and then yeah then like the when they were doing the 10 beat to the boundary on all of them and then the closing minutes i completely was zoned out on all the rest of it because i was like like a whole lot of people we were just focused on the drama and you it was funny because i was going i was prepared to get on here tonight and say well you know they didn't do all the tables and the in the weapons and stuff in the men's match. Why you know? And then not knowing that they absolutely did. <laughs> no, they did. They they. <laughs> kind of... I, but you know what? I didn't know until I I like listened to a review of it, and then I was like, oh shit! I was about to get out there make a fool out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs>
2: yeah, dude. No, that was one of the best parts. I popped to the moon when Drew put and uh, Solo put Drew through that table, and oh, also. Man. And to God for two seconds, I thought Drew was no longer with us because I yeah. thought his head bounced off the back of that table. Oh, Holy man. Moses, that spot was awesome. So I, I can and then somebody I mean, else went through a table, too. I, I mean, I was there, and I can't even remember who it was, but there were two table spots. I'm 90% sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. I thought Ridge somebody either
1: went dive. through one or Ridge put somebody. Yeah. Through one.
2: Yeah. So I don't I know. Do, I do there were not two remember. table spots. I'm gonna yeah, go back right. and watch the match again this is, weekend. He's spinning rock bottom through because you know also because of he's doing a spinning rock bottom or Unagi or whatever you want to call it today, but he's doing it to a guy who's like eight inches taller than him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing it through a table. And seriously, I thought Drew bounced the back of his head off that table. I was like, Oh my god, Drew McIntyre might be dead.
1: Man, cool. real quick, let's talk about smooth transitions to the main roster. How good has Solo Sokoa been? Oh,
2: my God, dude.
1: Like, dude, how smooth of a transition to the main roster was Solo Sokoa? Maybe it's because he's right in there with family and they dropped him right into the hottest angle in the business. But just I'm watching him. He's so comfortable. Like, he's so comfortable. And he's like, you, you can tell Kevin Owens had it. Solo Sokoa's got it. Drew McIntyre had it. Maybe Samoa Joe, you could argue, but a lot of people come up from NXT. They go to the main roster, and there's that awkward, odd transition period.
3: Got news. Got news breaking. News breaking. Oh,
1: oh, breaking news.
3: Okay. Apparently, yeah, William Regal helped MJF win the championship.
4: Yeah.
3: Apparently, MJF gave him the thanks for playing, get the hell out of the territory beatdown tonight. Uh Oh. Which now means that Regal very well may be coming home.
1: Well, I you know what? Let's again we're getting sidetracked here, but that's fine. We decided we were going to call it in the ring anyway. I read over the weekend that Regal's contract that he only signed a one year deal, and that his contract with AEW was up. But then something counter counter basically something said. I read something like a day later that he signed a three year deal.
2: Well, he just got the beat down apparently. So yeah, nobody came to. Rescue
3: him? Uh, well, uh, just people saying MJF turned on Regal, and now, and apparently it was of the fashion that you would beat somebody's ass if they were leaving the territory.
1: Just sending them home. Yeah.
3: Um. So it, uh, Yeah. He, he. Now, of course. Well,
2: I mean, be- Regal left before Vince, right? Yeah. And, and, and Regal's been um, very, very. Have obviously an. I would imagine, a very deep relationship. At least at the very least, deep professional relationship at this point. Yeah. I, I read something today I, on Regal. He was talking about the name.
1: Because I guess he owns the rights to the name William Regal. WWE doesn't own that. And he's like, I used it with Vince's blessing. He's like, because I told Vince, he's like, look, if you don't want me to use it, I'll go back to Steven Regal. And Vince is like, nah, go ahead. So yeah. I, I, I really wonder... Because it sounds like he and he had nothing but complimentary things to say about Vince. Obviously he had a good working relationship at least if not a friendship with Triple H. So William Regal's one of those releases that had me scratching my head and and I never doubted for a minute that if the time was right, he'd come home
3: yeah. and um, and just from what people have well, I
2: wish what people have know. said about
3: him, um, it's prob it's likely that his contract was up, yeah. Because, I wish-
2: Why can't it work out better timing-wise? It really would have been cool to see him Sunday.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, but, of course, Triple H H tweeted out the video of him saying it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know what, pal? We got Alicia Alicia Taylor on the main roster saying more games.
3: I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it, it, man,
1: because Alicia Taylor's awesome.
3: Yeah. And, um... So it, it is very possible that he could be coming back, and and look, and he probably did. If he if he did sign a one year deal, I could totally understand it because I mean he you know um, he's not wrestling anymore, so he doesn't yeah. have any wrestling reason to stay there longer. Yeah. So it's yeah. very I could very see it, a situation where he said, "Okay, I'll I'll do this for a year and see how this place is," because I don't know how I don't know how any of this shit works over there. And if it, mm-hmm. if it if it's okay, then I'll stick around. And if not, then you know uh, I'll, I'll start see sending what else out some
2: to... text messages.
3: Yeah, and um,
2: so if he's coming and back also, home, and also again, who knows how his plan changed when Vince left and Triple H took over? Maybe when he left, he could have one plan, and then that happened, and it fundamentally changes things. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and
3: look, he and his kid was over in NXT, and and his kid it's one of and it's one of those things where you know exactly whose kid that is. <laughs> yeah, he look looked just <laughs> like him
1: without a British accent. And it works, you know, yeah. works like him, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, but anyways, that's, that's, that's the news break All right. Well, let's get into one more little piece of business here as we wrap up talking about War Games. We're talking going to talk a little bit of Slapgate. Uh, news came out, people, you know, of course, that's what happens with this kind of things. There was a point in the War Games match where, and I noticed it. Kevin Owens slapped the taste, absolute taste, out of Roman Reigns' mouth. And I was like, damn, that, I, even, I remember sitting on the couch going, damn, that was stiff. And, you know, of course, Roman popped him back. And, of course, you know, now the the, the report, the news with a Z comes out that, that Roman Reigns was heated over the unplanned spot in the War Games match and this and that. And I'm looking at him I'm like, "I this is one of those things he would have handled either A, on the spot, or B, quietly backstage. I, to me, this is a non-issue. Rob, what do you know about it?
3: Okay, so allegedly, all right, the slap was not a planned spot, and you know afterwards, Roman thought his eardrum might have been busted, and reportedly he was, you know, he was pissed off about it, and that's all we really know. And um, and and he didn't when Roman didn't come out for the little press conference thing afterwards either, and you know, and maybe because. I don't know. He, he was putting up for it or whatever because of what, because of that. Um, that's really all we got. Um, I would imagine that this type of thing happens more a whole lot more than we know. Um, I mean, because I mean, it's a they're in there, they're throwing shots, and yeah. and you know, Roman and Kevin have worked together a million times. Kevin probably thought it was no big deal, and and it probably wouldn't in Maybe it wasn't a big deal, except for this time he caught Roman off guard. Roman wasn't ready for it, maybe. But, well, look, I mean, you're the one who's been in the ring. I'm sure, look, this shit happens a whole lot more than we think about it, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. It it honestly does. I remember I was working a show at a, funny enough, it was an indoor flea market. And um, I was managing Fast Eddie the Pete's. No, I, I take that back. I wasn't managing Fast Eddie. This was after Fast Eddie and I split. We'd had our match and we split and we were actually feuding at the time. I came out and managed this guy, Dennis. And I remember we were in the back talking about the match. Cliff, who was booking the show, said, uh, look fast, Eddie. Don't get mad at Dennis if he hits you because he can't see shit. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> Dennis was like nearsighted as hell. And he obviously you're not going to go out there and wrestle with contact lenses and it'll be a disaster. I'm sure there are people that do it. I never would have. But yeah, and Eddie confirmed it later on on the ride home. He's like, man. He punched the shit out of me several times. But yeah, sometimes you just, you get out there, you get in the heat of the moment, and stuff happens. Like you look at Braun with uh, Brock and Kane several years ago. Braun got in the moment and he laid a couple of stiff knees in on Brock. Inexperience on Braun's part. It, but it was just one of those things, man. He's like, I'm driving knees, I'm driving knees. He miscalculated, he hit Brock brock clocked him and checked him and brought him back down to earth Mm -hmm. stuff like that happens on the regular and you know most oftentimes it's handled in the back or it's handled right there in the ring you know you you pop a guy and guys will tell you yeah i was waiting for the receipt
2: you know so there it is dj i've never worked a lick i've done some amateur trampoline wrestling in my teenage days but that's about it man yeah i've watched this stuff for a long time I've read a lot of stuff about this a long time. You know what actually probably happens? If, oh, I wasn't ready for that spot and you got me right in the jaw, dude. That fucking hurt. Well, yeah. guess what? In five minutes when I have you in the corner and I'm hitting you ten times, one of those is going to be a real stiff one. Sorry, pal. Yeah. That's just how it works. That's you get yours, it I get works. mine, we're done. And, and so then, a- But also, I think in the world that we live in of this, you know, profanity-laden tirade that Roman was going on, I just don't buy it. As, as we always do with the, the sheets, we take it with a grain of salt when we say, okay, first of all, I'm sh- this is what it boils down to, what I think it was. Roman got back there and was like scratching his jaw. just like, Kev, are you fucking shitting me with that thing? What was that, man? Like, half-joking, you know, whatever. Yeah. And... And the other half, I, I look at it and go, okay, really? That's how Roman Reigns, who, you know, brought up in the, a wrestling dynasty, you know, wrestling royalty, basically. Kevin Owens, your favorite independent wrestler's favorite independent wrestler. Do you really think that's how that goes down between that to those two guys for a slap? Yeah, no. it's No, it, it doesn't. It no. just doesn't that doesn't fit
3: let me say this if if roman was if he was supposedly if he was that pissed off about it, Kevin Steen would have been walking out of the curtain tonight, yeah, yeah on on the root beer show on the root beer show yeah <laughs> okay yeah. if if he was that pissed about it all right that's what that's what would have happened all right, um yeah, and clearly that that's not happening tonight, so it must not been that big of a deal, all right. Hey
1: as as guys in the business will tell you it ain't ballet you know even daniel bryan has admitted to you know it happens sometimes he's kicked people too hard in that ring and daniel bryan at least by all counts is probably one of the best professional wrestlers in the world and arguably one of the safest but right, he's like right. even me he's like i've i've kicked dudes in the head doing my kicks it happens sometimes and it's you know sometimes it's just a misget out calculation other times you just you you just get caught up in the moment and then there are rare times where the matches and – and I'm not saying this is what happened with Kevin and Kevin and, and Roman but there are times when you're out there and you need some real heat like you need your opponent to get fired up you need them to get legitimate I forget who it was Big Show and um Floyd Mayweather You ever see the interview with Big Show on the uh, the, the Broken Skull Sessions?
3: Oh yeah, I mean-
1: he was talking about Mayweather, uh, and he told Mayweather, break my nose. And he's like, and so Mayweather punched him, and he broke his nose. And, and Big Show was like, I legit got shoot hot. Like, and he's uh, it, it, to the point where Shane was having a hold back the Big Show. Show is like, I was going to kill him. And if I had got my hands on him, I probably would have killed him. And he's like, but that was real. You know, and that's what we needed in that moment. We needed that heat. We needed that fire. We needed them meaning those people to believe in it. And, you know, sometimes you just do that. You, you you do that for the heat. Now, whether that's what Kevin did or not, personally, I just think it was a miscalculation on Kevin's part. He reached out. He was going to throw a working punch. It ended up being a shoot slap. And, you know, I think all business was handled backstage, and this will be a non-issue by yesterday.
2: That that business between two of the most professional, professional wrestlers was a 42nd conversation. Yeah. Like and may and maybe at one point during the match That we didn't even see Roman got him with a good stiff elbow or something like that. Like right. No. I mean, this is at, such a at, n- mountains out of molehills.
3: I mean at, at at worst it was a dude what the fuck. You know. Yeah. And, you,
2: you know. And, and Kevin was probably like, "Oh yeah, sorry. Too much." Yeah. Well, um, and
1: you don't think about that. I think about the 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 match where Eddie and I finally wrestled each other. There's a spot where he whipped me into the turnbuckle. I popped out, and he came in, and he hit me with a clothesline. And when he hit me with the clothesline, he kind of, like, hooked his arm, and he punched me right in the jaw. Like, and it, dude, I'll have to find the video and see if I can. Because I, I cut that little spot out, and it was actually on my Instagram for a little while. It's a great bump. It's a great spot. It looks violent, and hell, violent as hell. But I honestly could not chew on that one side of my face for about a week. That's Ooh. how hard he hit me. And that's a shoot. That's that's legitimately a shoot. He he really did hit me. And I told him afterwards, I was like, uh, brother, you hit me on that clothesline. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, when you came around, you punched me in the jaw because you hooked your arm on the clothesline. He's like, oh, sorry, man. I was like, okay, whatever. And we rode home. <laughs> but, yeah, stuff like that happens, man. And right. you just, you talk about it, and you move on from it. It's He didn't hit me maliciously to hurt me. It just happened in the match. And, um, I mean,
3: it, yeah, exactly. I mean, no, happens. no, it
2: is. We, there was a moment of weakness. Oh, 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 wait. The tribal chief, Roman Reigns. <laughs> is he back to the big dog? Can we start doing this again? Can we bring it back? Oh, can on! Yeah. because it got the guy on the other end of the, the fucking ring, it's Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. What do you think the IWC is going to do? No matter how much gravitas and cachet the tribal chief has built in the last two years, at the end of the day, to these fucking bobos, it's Kevin Steen and, you know, Roman Reigns. Yeah. You know, so that's what it is. They, they, they like, ooh, this is good for us. All right. Yeah. Well, finally the tribal chief slipped up and we're all going to run, you know, yeah, freak out nah- about it. The guy's put in
1: two and a half years worth of good work. I'm not about to have one, let one little moment spoil the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. so, so I'm pretty good here if we want to call the go home. Yeah, I'm good.
3: Yeah, All I, got, right. I got nothing else.
1: All right. Well, then we'll wrap back around the room here. I'm going to start with the host of the Rob the Genius podcast, my co-host, Mr. Rob. Awesome night tonight, Bubba. Good to see you back. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Thank
3: you. I did. And one more thing charlotte if 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 hunter asks says please we need you to come back and, and have a good match with ronda um say no yeah, no stay on no, there
2: no, no, no don't say don't say no say yes i will come back and do whatever you need to do accept that figure it out yeah. oh I, I, you
3: know and oh this is this is one funny thing because um
2: Cause even really? I want her back at this point, man. Come on, Look. come, Charlotte. It's time. Come back. <laughs>
3: oh, because uh, Marina Shafir was doing an interview. Oh my god. Oh gosh. god. Yeah, and I saw so that. It, yeah. Um. Well, we didn't have the four horsewomen versus
2: the versus the other four horsewomen because of the egos. No, cause four horsewomen because five horsewomen were ready for it, and yeah. four were WWE. Yeah, that match would have been
1: the drizzling shits. I'm sorry and like, sorry not sorry no nope. it would have been the shits there's every reason why that match didn't happen and none of it had anything to do with anybody's ego i don't care what was said backstage that match would have been awful
3: yeah and um because if, if they did some you know four on four tag team match it would have been terrible yeah okay and you know and look there would have been a record mm. for the um charlotte flair what the fuck are you doing facial expression <laughs> um, but, okay. During that match. Okay. I mean, um and or the you know, or the the Sasha kind of frustrated, like, uh, what is this? Um, yeah,
2: there'd have been a record for hey, those f- faces during that match. Don't forget, you can't just do the four on four right off the rip at SummerSlam or whatever. You gotta do Marina Schaefer versus Bailey. You gotta do, you know, the other one versus Sasha, a tag team match, and you know, all the lead up stuff. Yeah. And that would have just been... Because I'm sorry. From what I've seen of those, they're not good. No, but um, they were in <clears throat> NXT
3: for like two or three years. Yeah. I think they had... the Two of them maybe had one actual match. Yeah. Right. Okay, the, the, the whole time, they were just Shayna's goons. And, they and, bare, and do you
2: think if, if Triple H, Vince McMahon, whatever thought that thing was at all a possibility, don't you just go, yep, full speed ahead, we'll get there, we'll figure it out. They they didn't even really try because they knew there was like, no, it would be the drizzling
1: shits. Yeah, so, and, and plus at that point, it's like, why there's no drama in it. Like, you look well, at what Sasha and Bailey were and Charlotte was coming up to main roster, and then you look at what Becky Lynch became, how do you take Marina Shafir, and I don't even know the other girl's name, which is part of my point. How do you line those two teams up and and say, okay, I can make an argument that the MMA four horsewomen should go over? Like, no, they're they're not even, like, like Shayna looks like a star, and the only one of those four that is a bona fide legitimate name is Ronda Rousey. Mm -hmm. So you've got Ronda Rousey, the one legitimate name against four actual names in the business. That's not a money match.
3: No, and look, and basically, you know, um, Ronda would have got her shots in. Shayna would have been doing most of the work. And then for the finish, (laughs) one of the other two two would have gotten tagged into the ring for the finish and tapped out to the figure eight or the bank statement or the disarmor or whatever. (laughs) And that would have been the match. And then, yep. I mean, who who wants that? Nobody. Nobody. I, I
1: wasn't even excited for it when I was supposed to be excited for it. No. You know, when I mean, the internet, when the are... when the horsewomen were still just getting established, and then the uh, the MMA girls were just getting into NXT. The the internet was doing what the internet does, and I'm looking around at this like, why should I care? Look, like that thing. Honestly, why should I care?
3: That thing yeah. peaked when they were trash talking each other at the May Young Classic.
1: And that's it. Yep. That was it. A- After that, that that <laughs> yeah, the, the the money fell out of that bag pretty quickly. So. Yep. All right, let me finish up our wrap oh, around here. Sorry. All right, so <laughs> right. no, we're all good. We're all good. That's what happens on this show. We get sidetracked. It's all good. And Jason Bubble, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I had an excellent Thanksgiving. Thank you, sir. Good. Good for you. And as always, I am your host, DJ. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Once again, a part of the Chair Shot Radio Network. You can find us as well as many other great entertainment, sports entertainment, and sports podcasts on thechairshot.com. You can call it Pro Wrestling. You can call it Sports Entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring, and we'll see you next week.